1: He's it, man, Oh, I can't believe it! Jordan Seif,
2: yeah! No. He's going to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. He's rubbed his nose. Yeah.
3: What about to McCullum,
2: Shane? I be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. i try and slide one in there, fast.
3: Woo! Well, you we caught it. It's out, it's right out. It's come off. Sample's so head on no, to no, this no. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you?
4: Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We're back for our round four Supercoach BBL podcast this season, a dedicated round four podcast. Uh, one of the few rounds in the season. In fact, it may be the only round of the season. We've actually got a gap between the last game of round three uh, and the first game of round four. So it's a bit of time to take this in, have a bit of a listen. Uh, we're currently recording... On what is it, Tuesday night? So there's two games left to go in the current round three of Supercoach. Uh, so keep that in mind. Here to talk through the next round is 2019 20 Supercoach Big Bash
3: Champion, Tom O'Aitken. Tomo how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Timmy. G'day, Spy. It's good to be back and talking a bit of BBL Supercoach. I've had an okay ish start. I was 3,200 after round two. So it's time for me to make a bit of a push. I went siddle over short, looking for more points uh, when I was doing my Adelaide Strikers trades in and it didn't pay off. But yeah, looking to move a bit of a push and hopefully push into that top thousand pretty quick smart.
4: That's right, mate. We know you've got a bit of pinch hitting ability late in the inning, so you'll be making a late charge. Also joining us is that man, the Supercoach Spy, who is off to an absolute flyer. Never doubt the man's form. Spy, how are you?
0: Hey, boys. Uh, a bit weary this afternoon. I'm actually uh, been a bit of a big week. I feel like I've just bowled... Forty-one overs and a day four in Mumbai or something, but that's all right. I've looked down at my rank here and uh, I'm actually sitting two hundred seventy-third, so that's that's one way to spark me up a bit. It's been a good start, things are going all right. So um, yeah, we'll see if we can keep the momentum going. Hopefully,
4: good going, mate. Uh, the mighty Kuma Stallion sitting in seventeen hundredth overall as it stands, so not too bad. Tracking pretty well this week, so hopefully, you had a, a jump towards the top one thousand at the culmination of this round. <clears throat> bit of exciting news. Uh, we're actually the SC Playbook, currently the top-ranked league out of over 14,000 leagues in Supercoach. Uh, we are lucky enough to finish number one in NRL Supercoach out of you know, something about 17,000 leagues as well. So a good start for us for the season, led after the opening round, leading again at the moment. So hopefully we can hold on to that one, uh, but there's a fair way to go. So we'll see what we can do there. <clears throat> on this week's show, we're going to have a look at the guns that you'll, be look- that you'll want in your side going forward. We've had the first three rounds to sort of Assess a lot of different player roles. You know the big, the big buck fellas. Are they worth the money or not? Uh, are we going to be getting cheaper? All that sort of thing. The Scorchers are on the double game week coming up in round four, so I'll be taking a big look at them. They're a key Supercoach side with a few key men coming back into their squad. As usual, we'll drop our pod, anti pod plays, our trade skippers for the week take a few questions from social, and he's not on the podcast today. We've got a sneaky little cameo from Maxie Bryden, who's also going to have a look at the scorches for us and give us his trades and skippers for the week too. Fellas, let's get stuck into that first topic of the week, and it is the guns that we want going forward, regardless of double game weeks. Uh, as I said, we're getting to a period now where things schedule-wise ease off a little bit. Scorches on the double this week, Stars on the buy. After this week... There's no double game week. So we can have a look at a few single game week plays a little bit better. Uh, The next buy isn't the Hurricanes have the buy in round eight. So a fair way down the track and the Scorchers have their only other buy of the season, which is in round 11. So that's becoming a little bit more irrelevant, uh, which is awesome. Makes sides so much easier to pick a little bit less thinking to do uh, and opens things up a little bit as well. Uh, And as I said, no double game week in round five after this or in round seven. Um, so on that note, Tom, I'll start with you, mate. And who are the, the big-name players that have taken your eye and you're thinking, all right, I need you in my team going forward? Uh, and on the flip side, is there any who you've gone cold on?
3: Yeah, sure thing, mate. So I suppose just as a bit of a warning, like we're still pretty early in the tournament, you know. Teams have played roughly three games or so. So I wouldn't be making any sort of rash or big judgments I'm still comfortable having a team that's got some of those big dogs in it, your Currens, your Sams, your Rash and Maxwell, who all actually sit outside the top 10 averages after round two. Um, They perhaps haven't scored in some games as well um, as we probably anticipated. Sams had a low game, Rash over his double game wasn't probably as great as we thought. Those that started with Maxwell, even though he did well in the first game of his double, probably hasn't lived up to some of the hype we were expecting. I'm still pretty comfortable having those big dogs around because their role and their team, their class, I think over a whole season, it will pay dividends in the end. So those ones that perhaps some people are a bit disappointed with, I'm going to keep the faith.
4: Mate, what's your take on Darcy Short at this stage of the season? We saw him go nuts in his last game for the Hurricanes. He's at a reasonable price. Uh In terms of what we saw from last year, his batting form was down, but was getting plenty of overs, taking plenty of wickets, uh, a few wickets, should I say, a few economy rate bonuses there. This season, a little bit of the opposite. Uh, In great batting form, which is what we want to see, but he bowled in one of his two games thus far, and he bowled two overs in that. What's your take on Short?
3: Yeah, we were asking and chatting about players that are cold, Cold's a bit harsh for Darcy, but I'm going to say I'm a bit sort of, I don't know, chilly or something on him. Uh, His first game against the Sixers, look, he wasn't great with the bat. And in the second game, he did in the end compile a really good score, but he took a while to get going. And I think Wade just started with a blaze of glory. And I think Wade just shocked the Sixers bowlers and the bowlers from the Sixers, they just weren't able to regroup um so i think that score could possibly be a bit misleading i suppose the fact that what we need to consider as super coaches he didn't bowl in that match um, the second match against the Sixers, and that was a surprising thing and the fact that tim david is bowling well in only short spells but is bowling well sandeep when he bowling his four is pretty good there may not be that many overs for him to bowl and that's not great because especially last year when he wasn't at his best with the bat, there was that safety that he was going to roll the arm over and potentially pick up some wickets. So I'm not cold on him, but, yeah, something to consider for sure.
4: Yeah, been... popped up, mate. You throw him the jumper on, a little bit chilly, as you said, on him, and you'll stay there for a little bit till the wind changes. Uh,
0: Spy, what about yourself, mate? Tom, I'll jump in there, mate. I tend to agree. It's, it's a good terminology. showed some good form in the back half of the second game there, but game one was as bad as I've ever seen him bat. He couldn't get it off the square. The start of game two, he was okay, but he he was getting visibly frustrated. But then he started to find the middle and obviously went pretty ballistic in the back end of the innings with limited balls because uh, he did a, a good job just rotating the strike for Wade up front there. Uh, I'm sort of hoping that, that form carries over with the bat, which would be huge. And then if he can just get... A couple overs with the ball, that would be massive. My, my thoughts around last game, were, which will make it hard to tell until we see how they play tonight, is that Hobart scored 213. So if I'm skipper and we've just scored 213, you're not thinking we need wickets here. You're just thinking keep the run rate down, keep them under control and really put the pressure back on the opposition. And Darcy's the kind of bloke you bring on to get that wicket and try to break a partnership. So I can kind of understand why maybe he didn't get a bowl there. Hopefully in a different scenario moving forward, he will get overs. But it's a massive question, isn't it?
2: Mm.
4: Spy, who are the blokes in that gun category that you're keen on or have
0: gone cold or even chilly on? Well, I'm a bit chilly on a lot of people, but I think that's just cricket. <laughs> um, you can be so up and down. Roles can be limited when there's small targets and whatnot. Uh, I'll have a little – I'll give some notes on the guys that I own and I'm looking to hold, but I'd start by saying I think anyone is expendable this year. There's no one I I would say you have to keep. So do what you need to do to get the best side possible, whether it be balance or bring him in another guy in form. Uh, I've got Josh, Josh Phillip. He's probably been the most comfortable I've owned at the moment. He looks really good with the bat. He'll get catches. I'm happy just to keep him there at this stage, season long, all going well. You know who the second on my list is? Believe it or not, it's Matty Short from Adelaide. He's a keep 100% at the moment. He's bowling, he's batting. I cannot believe how good he looks as an opener. He's just hitting him clean as a whistle, and his shot selection's good. So let's see what he does. Uh, potentially as a hold for the season, or maybe we can sell him for upwards of 190K, which would be massive. So eye on him. Don't go selling him just yet. That's my tip. Danny Sams. He's bowled terribly, to be honest, the poor bugger. He sort of looks like he's out of rhythm a little bit, maybe trying to execute a game plan that he's not comfortable with. So we'll see see what happens there. But what I do think is batting clinics for Daniel Sams are incoming. He hits a ball as well as anyone in the country. He's always going to get overs to have a crack. I think he only needs about four overs to make sure he scores 20 or 30, which is a heap. He bowls at the death. Um... I just think he's a holder for now. I can understand why people might panic at that price and, and get rid of him. But I think at this stage, unless he has a really bad outing again next match, I'll be keen to hold on to Sam's, hopefully as a Sammy pod, if people get rid of him. because so I think wickets will come and batting runs are going to come in bulk as the, the tournament goes on. Um, the other one's Maxi, is a bit chilly just because he's not bowling that much. But um, we know what he can do, again, just to watch going forward on what his role will be. Uh, but he's a hold for now. We've spoken about Darcy Short, um, boys. Do you want it now or after? I've got a few guys on the watch list that I would like to bring in uh, over the coming rounds. Have a fire hard away,
4: at. spy. We have time, mate.
0: All right. Well, Matty Wade. Unfortunately, I didn't start with him. He was basically first picked in my side to start the off season. Then there was an injury cloud on him coming into round one. Plus, trying to get double game week guys in, uh, given there were two sides, so just meant he had to had to come out of my side, which was frustrating watching him last match. Maybe I should have just taken that hit and played one less double game week. But I think Wade, we know how good he is. He dominates the BBL, as we saw the other night. He seems to be just as good, if not better than ever. So I'm going to try to get him before his price goes up. It may need to be this round at the expense of a scorcher. We'll just have to see what happens there. The other one for me, who's going to be at the best value in, I'll call it BBL history, is Alex Hales. He's going to be about 115K. He's got a mm. good run ahead in terms of wickets to be batting on. He could he could do anything. He traditionally warms up as the tournament goes on. He'll be straight in for me. It probably won't be next round or this round, sorry, because I will need some scorches. But when there's no double in round five, Alex Hales, just get him in and let him do damage. So good. Uh, and the two spinners, a quick shout-out. I love TNV Sanger. He's a gun. Um, he's one to, to keep an eye on. And Zahir Khan's been in really good form as well. So uh, that's why I shout outsides. Pretty elite list there, mate. Tomo?
3: Yeah, look, Spy, uh, some great chat there and some very valid points. Hales is going to come down to a very tasty price. And you can have him on your bench or have him in your team because he will go on a run. We've just got to pick him up at the start of his big run. Um, Wade is a great call too because personally – and I'll throw this open to you boys. I've got one trade left for this round. Do I bring in Matty Wade or do I use it on a scorcher in preparation for next week? What do you boys think?
4: Mate, I'm in the same position with you. I've currently got a trade reserved for Mitchy Marsh, uh, which I can play around with. How many scorchers do you have as it stands? Any?
3: Uh, I've got two at the moment before I use this last trade. Wade. Are
4: they playing Scorchers or are they? Is, is Connolly
3: one of those? Uh, two playing, three if we count Connolly. Yes, I've got two that yeah. play.
4: Mate, I'll get in. Wade for sure. Yeah, having, having two in there already definitely puts you in a position to go early on Wade.
3: Deal. That might be my last trade we do at the conclusion <laughs> of this podcast. Lock it in. Uh, um,
4: hey, Tomo, Rashid Khan is an interesting one. A slow-ish, I suppose, start to the tournament by his standards. I think he's taken three wickets in three games. Certainly not bad. Got taken to a little bit in his last outing. How do you see him at the moment? And in terms of a guy who we probably had him over the duration of the season as pretty close to a must-have, do you still see him as a must-have? Or are those fears sort of coming true that being the strike bowler for their team, teams are happy to see him off? Um, As I said, he got taken to a little bit in the last game, but generally speaking, they're happy to see him off. Might limit his wicket taking ability a little bit. Uh, What are your thoughts on Rashid?
3: Yeah, look, I'm still happy to have him in my side. He's a quality player. Um, Look, teams are being careful at times against him, but he will take a bag at some stage. And I'm only going from memory, and someone will have to fact-check me here, but I think he started a little bit slowly last tournament and then worked his way into it, so... Um, I'm going to keep him around. I wouldn't be in a rush to trade him.
0: Yeah, fair play. I'm Despite. actually against
3: you on that one, Tomo. Uh,
0: I'm I'm against you on that one, Tomo. I'm thinking I've got the hoodie out and I'm very cold on Can. I um, we know how good he Ooh. is, but but yeah, teams are being ultra conservative against him. He's we know he can hit runs with a bat, but Adelaide's pretty stacked up top. He won't always get a hit. Well, the best case for Rashid is Adelaide to put up a big score and the uh, the batting side having to go after him a bit in the second innings. But at this stage, just having a look at my side, you can't have every gun. Um, so what I think it will come down to if I look at this is I'm probably going to have to drop one of Tommy Curran or Rashid Khan. Which one will it be? I'm not sure because if Tommy Curran's getting some time with the bat, batting at like six or seven at times, and he's bowling, his three, four overs, then maybe Curran's ahead of
3: him. But yeah, big quarterback coming up. Mm, huge call, but it's it is a game for huge calls, so I like it. Spy uh,
4: Tom, I made. Was anyone else you want to add to your list, or, or or we all
3: good on that topic? Um, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but have we brought Stoyness up to the table yet?
4: We were going to later, but mate, let's go on the big Stoin now because he he is a huge question. And uh, what are your thoughts on him? We we know that he's not bowling yet. He's looked very good with the bat without really getting on with the show. Um What do we reckon?
3: Yeah, look, it's it's a big question for me. I brought him in this round and I kind of like the way in the first game against the Thunder how he was taking his time and I thought he was just going to accelerate and put, put up a decent score. Unfortunately, he just didn't middle one. The fact that he's not bowling, of course, is not ideal, but I do like the fact that he's going to be watchful and reach that 20 runs and then accelerate. Yeah. I guess for me moving forward, after this round we need to trade out some stars. And Maxwell is probably the better uh, player to keep at this stage, but he's also probably going to have the most value when we look for trades. So I might be forced to keep someone like stoiness who people either didn't bring in, or they're gonna jump off. And that, whilst not being a pod, it could be a bit of a handy difference between sides. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm really on the fence. So what do you boys think?
4: He's still at – well, as it stands, this this will change uh, a little bit going to next round with the Stars on the bye. But currently 47% ownership. Maxie 65. Maxie's 65. Maxi's role's a little bit <clears throat> indifferent because he bats at three Sun Games, four Sun Games, uh, pending on the venue, pending on probably more the match scenario. Maxi's bowling the odd over and looking good when he does. We know he took a key wicket in Game 1 of this double game week. But, mate, there's not a way in the world I'd be getting rid of Glenn Maxwell. Spy, what's your take on it? And the take on Big Stoin, is there a chance to antipod him after this week, knowing that I think a lot of people will hold on to him?
0: Yeah, there's a massive chance. Um, in, in my side, for example, I've got Andre Russell, Glennie Maxwell, and Stoinis. I would probably ideally want all three of them playing for me, especially at the prices they're at. Uh, as we said, though, the problem is, come next round, they're going to be on the buy, so we're going to have to get rid of, or I'm going to have to get rid of at least one, maybe two. Uh, at this stage, as you said, Maxi's probably a hold there, but then Dre Russell's at like 7 or 8%, so maybe I'll hold Russell just in the time being, but then he leaves the country soon, I think. So that makes it difficult. Uh, then we come back to Big Stoyne, and what I think on Stoyne is that he's going to score 80, 90, maybe a ton at some stage this tournament, and he's he's going to be very good. But given what I need for buy players, I'll probably trade him off after this round and aim to get him back in one of the two single-game weeks for the run home.
4: Yeah, particularly particularly if Stoyne doesn't do much in this next game, he'll drop a fair bit of coin, so maybe he's a guy we can pick up a little bit cheaper in a few rounds' time. That being said, we know what he can do in a single-game week, so terrifying watch otherwise. Tomo?
3: Yeah, Dre Ross, I'm pretty sure was signed for a five game stint so he's someone that um, he's not going to be around for the whole tournament we'll cash him in in five weeks time for
4: 350 grand and buy whoever the hell we want
3: <laughs> well, he's you.
4: Uh, subscription package with SC Playbook, $20 for the BBL season, $40 for our BBL NRL AFL package, AFL coming in 2022. Uh, you know the spiel, but gives access to plenty of extra articles every single round, access to our big unlimited group prize, plenty of extra stuff on over there. So uh, if you do want to support the site and get extra information, uh, jump onto that via the website. Boys, let's jump onto our Perth Scorchers analysis as we said, lots of uh, changing parts of that team due to blokes coming back from international commitment, uh, internationals coming into the squad after quarantining, all these sorts of things. Uh, but the game, double game week in round four, Tom, I'll start with you, mate, and who are the blokes that you're looking to bring into your side this week?
3: Yeah, sure thing. Well, the Scorchers have been crack- in cracking form. They're the only side to bowl the other team out twice, so there's lots of wicket points there. They've got some handy inclusions to come in, Marsh, English and Mills. Um, Look, I probably put the biggest jinx on them now, but um, look, I'm happy to load up on a few of them and hope that they can take a few wickets and score some runs. Look, they've got tonight's game against the Hurricanes, then another game against the Hurricanes. And then what I think is massive is I'm pretty sure they play two two in a row against the Renegades So there could be some big scores for some of their players there. So the stars are the big club, the glamour club. And I see quite a few people loaded up on stars players because they do have some guns. But I'm kind of hoping that um, the ploy to load up on a few scorches is something that can help me rise. Um, Munro, the passion when he scored that 100 in his last knock was pretty good. Um, Like all batsmen, Um, He's prone to a shocker with four scores under 10. Um, But as I said, all batsmen can have a shocker. Um, He's in good form, so he's someone you've got to consider in their double. Inglis will come back uh, in time for tonight as well as their double round. Put it simply, he can play. Um, He's probably going to open their batting with the English duo not there. He's had big scores like a 130, 185, 105 previously when opening. He's going to keep to one or two spinners and some quality fast bowlers, so they're going to be some points there for behind the stumps. And then the hero of Australia's T20 campaign, Marsh, that number three role seems his. Perhaps he's going to bowl a few overs. If he's batting when the power surge is called he could put up some monster sixes and score lots of runs. They're the three sort of batsmen I'm looking at. And if I had to put out another batter, um, I'm thinking Turner. I know he bats in that middle order, but I think you boys chatted a little bit about it last podcast. We still have to rate those top three batters higher, but the power surge, the late order flourish, means the right middle-order batter can just be awesome and a real pod. Silk and David did it at times last year during the double. I mean, shout-out to Alex Ross this year, who's just been insane. Bartlett scored some handy points batting at the right time. I don't think he's the highest on my list, but if you're strapped for cash, someone like Turner, if he can knock out two innings where he both gets over 20 in quick time, he's cheap. And it might be a way to get off some people on your bench that you no longer want there. So that's what i have be looking at from a batting perspective from the Scorchers.
4: Yeah, nice mate. And I mean, Munro's a guy that I desperately wanted into my team this week, uh, purely or a few reasons. Double next week um, at a good price still at one forty-one k, but it was just the break even of negative thirteen. I missed out by about five hundred dollars, I think it was. Big watch tonight because if he scores well tonight, that break even, it's only negative 13 off the back of his 154 because in round one he scored a three. So if he goes well again tonight, while you'll be paying overs for him for next week's double, I think you almost have to have him because, I mean, we know he's in form. He'll be set to make a stack of cash. So worst case scenario, you're getting good money out of him. I think you nearly have to have Colin Munro next week. Uh, and if you're potting him from a point scoring perspective, you know, you're still giving up decent cash, one would think. Um, so a tough one. Spy, and we'll go back to Tomo and have a chat about bowlers in a minute, but <laughs> there's a bit to play out with the bowlers at the Scorchers because we've got Timor Mills coming into that side, the international recruit who's been over in the Abu Dhabi T10 tournament. Uh, he's been on fire over there, economical, taking wickets. He looks a fair bit like Grey Worm from Game of Thrones, so we know he's good under pressure. He means business. Uh, there's every chance he bowls a bit at the death again with, I'm, I reckon it'll be AJ Ty. Matt Kelly, who's been really good this season and spooked as a super coach buy for some time now. Does he fit in that team when we've got Mills, we've got Ty, we've got Berendorf, they've got so many bowling options. Mitchie Marsh coming back in there. Um, Spy, what, what's your take on the Scorchers? Uh, there's plenty to get through with them.
0: Tell you what, if Matty Kelly gets dropped, he's stiff because he's been probably the near best bowler in the comp, to be honest, the first couple of games. He looks really, really good. He's a wicket taker. Um, obviously, he looks fantastic. So, massive watch tonight to see when he bowls with the guys back. Uh, we sort of want him bowling some death overs as well as up front. Um, if his role changes... Or he gets dropped, obviously, that changes everything. But it's a close watch on tonight's match leading into it. If he... Before
4: you get into your players, yep. Yep. Th- there's every risk, I suppose, because they've got this serious bowling depth there, uh, particularly Quicks. They've got some depth in the spinners as well, especially with Ashton Ago back in the side now. What sort of risk is there? Um, there's going to be a bit of rotation there because AJ Ty is been injury prone for years, Jason Berendorf is the exact same. Um, so there's every chance one of these boats gets arrested in these this double game week coming up.
0: Yeah, potentially. Or the other one is, does someone like Mitch Marsh just not bowl at all when you'd expect him to normally? Maybe that happens. Uh, it's really hard. I wish we obviously knew the sides for tonight's match, but we'll give an update prior to the round in an article as to what we think's best. But you could be right. It could be rotating. It depends if they win or not. Anything could happen here. So maybe it's a case of avoiding bowlers a little bit um, if you need to. So we'll just have to sum it up, I think, after tonight's match. From a personal standpoint, I'm going to get Munro before tonight, before his price explodes, uh, and then, as we just said before, selling for cash after the double. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to keep him long-term, but I think at the value he'll be at and the fact he's an opening batsman that can fail at times, I think you just cash him in for a more reliable option, um, maybe with a double game like coming up, maybe a um, a Munro to Wade or something like that. Mitchie Marsh... You know what? I'd, I wouldn't be caught dead without Mitchie Marsh on my side, whether he's bowling or not. So he'll be coming in. <laughs> I, love, I love the man. He's probably my, my favourite bloke in Australian cricket. Um, and then I think I think Josh Inglis, hey? He's been in serious form. He's been around the Australian camp. He's young. He'll only get better. His form in England this year was outstanding, I looked up. Uh, I'm keen as on Inglis. Will he be keeping as well, boys, just for those added catches I think you mentioned before? So that's brilliant. Uh, I really like Inglis. I like Marsh. And then you've got AJ Tyre, Maddie Kelly, Tom Mills. I'm a little bit worried about all of them at their values potentially. So we'll see what happens tonight and make a decision on a bowler. The other one is Ashton Agar. I think he's bowled quite well in his four overs. He's quite cheap. He can bat a bit. Uh, I'm sort of this year trying to target those real heavy role guys for the double game weeks just to really maximise points. But if money is needed, then Ashton AI Ash can slot in there nicely and just do a job for you and double those points with a with a four over roll there and a chance to bat. Yeah. Spy you Dead might be able to go in
4: in two or three rounds time, Munro down to your boy Alex Hales and make about a
0: hundred K in the process. Madness. I'll go cool. to someone else I'll go to someone else there, because I'll have Hales by then.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey.
4: Tomo, what's your take on the bowling unit there? Because as you said, we'll see a bit more about roles tonight. Um, but it is all over the shop. And and I think more of the Supercoach values probably in the bowling attack. But mate, that rotation risk, uh, it's very real. Who do you like there? And what are your thoughts on Ashton Agar, who's already semi-highly owned, um, all under status? He's sort of just in the nether regions there. He's sort of not high enough with the bat, um, getting a decent opportunity with the ball. He bowled his four overs last game for them, taking one for 34. Um, what are your thoughts on Agar and who are the bowling unit guys that you like?
3: Yeah, sure thing. Um, well, if Garton can get rested for the strikers on a double, look, anything can happen. So it's certainly something we need to be wary of. Agar, he's not the celebrity pick, he's not the glamour pick, but the job security is awesome. Mm. He'll chip away at a score over the round and give you something reasonable. So he's a good shout. Look, their fast bowling stocks are pretty awesome. It'd be really interesting to see what they do with their lineups. Ty Ty can score bulk points in one over. Um, Berendorf is dangerous early in the innings. He's a lot more versatile than what he used to be. Um, He's bowling even a death over these days. Uh, Someone will need to fact-check, but I think he might have scored okay in their double last year. Kelly, like, as we said earlier, if he got dropped after what he produced in game one, that is very, very stiff. Um, And Kelly, as the spy would like to say, he really passes the eye test. Mills, international cricketer, death bowler taking wickets. Um, I guess he's someone that's got to be strongly considered. And I don't think I'm going to recommend him highly, highly, highly. But uh, Peter will come as potentially if their Scorchers want a second spin option. And we mentioned earlier that the Stars have a lot of gun players. We don't really want to trade them all out. We want to try and keep a couple of them even over their buy so then we can launch in the single game weeks. I think Hatsukoglu... Is not the worst shout if you can't quite make the trades you want and money is tight. He, If he is playing, last year he had some scores. I think he f- had four scores over 50 and potentially might be fired up to play his old team. He, don't get me wrong, he's still sort of at number six or seven in terms of priority tradings. But if you really wanted to keep a lot of stars and needed a cheaper trade-in, I don't think it's the worst move when I look at that bowler number five or six for the scorches compared to the other teams.
4: Mm, yeah, good shouts there, mate. <clears throat> there's um, there's so much to play out. Um, Maddie Kelly, as you said, to be harsh getting dropped and. Uh perhaps when, when Mills does come in, you do they do just run with the extra quick there. Um, especially it's, it's a pretty solid batting order when you throw Mitchie Marsh back in there, Inglis back in there as well. So a little bit to play out. We'll get uh we'll get the spy onto the sub special podcast this week, I reckon, uh, for our subscribers out there who prior to the week, the new round starting, uh, he can chat a little bit about the, the roles we've seen with the Scorchers, uh, what happens tonight and how that plays out. Just get a bit more clarification and he can jump on and answer your questions there while we're at it. Spy, anything to add there?
0: Yeah, mate, I'll get onto that subscriber special I'll just basically talk you through exactly what goes through my mind following a game <laughs> of dangerous. <sport.
4: laughs> do know if that's a place where we want to be, Spy.
0: It's it's, it's a good hole to be in, don't worry. <laughs>
4: Boys, let's jump on to our pod and anti-pod plays for the week. Tom, I'll start with you.
3: Sure. Uh, Real pod, I think, is Ashton Turner. Cheap. If he got involved in some power surge or late order hitting, um, he scores at a rapid rate. So if he reaches that 20-run mark. And I just think to get him in your side and get someone like Hughes or someone on your bench that's no longer playing, or a Sutherland. Like I just think there's a few bit of merit to it.
4: Nice, and do we have an antipod.
3: Uh, look, I'm not comfortable at all saying this because we've articulated earlier why Colin Munro needs to be in your side for various reasons, but batsmen can um, have a few low scores. He's going to rise in money. He's in form. But if you want to really, 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 I hope I've exaggerated that enough, a really brave (laughs) antipod, Colin Munro.
4: Mate, the one thing about Munro as an antipod, and I thought about it as well as my antipod play, Um, super coach, while money and, and, and generating cash for your squad is important, points are more important, aren't they? We reiterate that over and over and over again. So while you might make a little bit of cash in the process, you know, if you get your 30 points over two games, you take that as a big win, don't you?
3: Points are king. Um, that's why I tried to go sit all over short with a round two double. It didn't pay off in terms of break-even and, and mm. point-scoring potential. But, yeah, points are king, and we need to remember that.
4: Yeah, you don't win Supercoach with cash. You win it with points. Spy, what have you come up with?
0: Just on Munro, before I to go mine, if he does fail in tonight's game, he'll then go into the, the double with the big scorers he's... It'll be three back. So what that basically means is if he then gets a lowish score in game one of the double, he'll have a massive break even again for his second game of the double. So he may, he's not guaranteed to make cash, yep. depending on what happens in tonight's game. So something to, something to bear in mind there. And if you are going to anti-pod, then that's your hope. If he goes well tonight, hard to anti-pod because price rises, is absolutely guaranteed then. Uh, pod-wise, we've already spoken, we about, Alex Hales, he's not a super pod or he probably won't end up being one. But at this stage, he's not super highly owned. Maybe you go early on Hales, either this round or next, and sorry, next round it would be, and um, just get on before everyone else does, and hope he sort of turns up early. Matty Wade's similar. I think a lot of people have him and end up with him, but if you jump on him early, one of those or both of those guys could pay dividends, both in points and and cash rise there. So so see what happens. I'll likely take one of the two ASAP and get both of them in the next two weeks. Antipod wise I've had a little bit of a chat about this before, but, yeah, it's going to be either Rashid Khan or Tommy Curran at this stage. Uh, Given the schedule of what's going on, I'm going to probably need to drop one of them. Big call on who to to take. I I just don't know what I'll do yet. I'll see how Rashid looks coming up closely and see what Curran's role looks like, but one of the two may go.
4: Like it, mate. And in a similar sort of vein to you there, you mentioned earlier, you can't have every... Gun in the game. When we want to target these, some very enticing players from the Perth Scorchers for the double game week, we're going to have to get rid of someone at a big price. Um, You know, we've got a few guns who have already dropped significantly in price. And Tomo, we talk about controversial. That's what an antipod is. And my one, which, look, I don't think in my current overall rank of 1700, I'm willing to take too big a risk this early out, but. Josh Philippy at 73% ownership, 208k, break-even of 14, so nothing ridiculous. We spoke about Batsman and the fact that, you know, back-to-back failures and that price can drop rapidly. Cash him in for his big price, will allow you to get just about anyone you want for next week's double game week, and the opportunity to do it would be by getting in Josh Inglis at the same time, who, you know, he'll be pretty well-owned after the double game week, but... Hey, is it is it madness to sell Philippi the top scoring player in the game? It's, you know, big, big, big ownership.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's doable. I, I probably won't be doing it myself given the form that Philippi's in, and he just looks good. But you're right, if you sell him and he goes 14, 12, and 30, all of a sudden he might have dropped 80K and you bang him back in.
4: Mm,
0: it's a point. big call, but you never know.
4: Oh, that's why they're antipod boys. It's got to be controversial. Uh, my pod play a bloke who somehow eluded our our gun chat earlier on. At eight point five percent ownership is Sean Abbott, who has played more games than we we thought he may have at this stage of the season. Uh, I think he's about two wickets away from overtaking Benny Lachlan as the top wicket taker in BBL history. Um, boys, uh, well, not surprisingly, but he's been absolutely outstanding, Tomo, since since he's come back. From Australia A, duties. well, he he never really left. He wasn't gone for long. Uh, Mate, Sean Abbott, going early on him could be massive.
3: Yeah, he's an absolute gun, I suppose. When he's called up to Australia A, you sort of think, you say goodbye to them and that's probably not going to feature in your side, but he's back now. Um, There was news, and one of you boys might be able to update me, but his wife is very pregnant, so he's going to miss many games through that. That's not something I know off Mm. the top of my head. So um, if you're going to trade him in, you'd want to have some sort of news about that, I suppose.
4: Yeah. Guys, if you like a punch, you get topsport.com.au offering play performance markets this season, which absolutely rock. Uh, I know we're obviously linked with Top Sport, but uh, they are really, really fun markets to play on and people with a bit of fancy sport knowledge they, I, I think they can do quite well on them. We've been doing pretty well so far. We're now at a round one profit, a $4.46 multi. Um, so we're up for the season thus far. If you're linking up with the music code SC Playbook, 18 plus gamble responsibly. This week, well, last week's play, Kane Richardson got over the line. He got over 28 and a half points at $1.90. Uh, I've had Rico in every one of my plays this season and he hasn't failed to deliver yet. They did not haven't worked out how good he is yet. So, Richo's the man uh, for this week's plays in tomorrow night's Stars and Sixes game. I like Nathan Coulter-Nile, over twenty five and a half at a dollar ninety, and Tommy Curran uh, a bit more to chase, but over thirty six and a half bowling death at a dollar ninety. Hopefully, he gets a bit of a chance with the willow as well. Uh, I like those two plays this week, guys. Here is our boy Maxie Bryden having a little bit of a say on the scorches from him uh, and his change for this week.
2: G'day, Max Bryden here with a quick preview of round four double game week. Now, the double game week team is the Perth Scorchers, uh, and they've got two matchups against the Hobart Hurricanes and the Melbourne Renegades. And due to border restrictions, both of these games are now going to be played at Marvel Stadium. So, of course, when we look at double game weeks, the theory that we'll always look at is best batter and best bowler. For the most part, this will serve us well, but it does throw up the odd banana peel. So when it comes to the Perth Scorchers, the big unknown, uh, and a big caveat, we're just recording this uh, on the morning of the day of their game, so haven't quite had a look at the players they've got coming in, but you need to be conscious of the changes to their team and the new personnel who are returning from Australia, A, as well as an English international who's joining the team. So the best batters, Mitch Marsh, Josh Inglis, Colin Munro. Best bowlers: Andrew Ty, Jason Berendorf, Tamal Mills, um, some pods: Peter Hatsaglu, Ashton Turner, uh, and Mills, and some players to approach with caution: Matt Kelly, Aaron Hardy, and Ashton Turner. And I'll go into why right now. So first, Mitch Marsh. Now we all know what he did in the World Cup. Um, incredible. He's available as a bat bowl, and he's available at a pretty good price at 130k. Now that 130k. Um, Price is due to his average last season. Uh, He's a guy who can be hot and cold. Um, Wouldn't expect him to bowl in many matches, um, if at all, just given the depth that the team possess with the ball. Um, But if he shows anywhere near the form that he had in the World Cup, then he will be in every single person's team. Likely to be the most traded in player this week. Uh, So probably safe to just go with the crowd, even though we do typically know that Marvel Stadium can be a difficult place for batters. Next guy, Josh Inglis, probably the most improved player in Australian cricket in the last 12 months. Um, A couple of years ago, he opened the batting. Last year, he batted at four, but this season we'll expect him to open the batting again, likely with Colin Munro. Um, he'll come in most likely straight for Cameron Bancroft uh, into that team, take the gloves, gets those catches behind the stumps as well, just given the quality of the quicks um, in WA and is a guy who can do it on any ground, um, you know, improves so much that he made his way into the Australian squad. And again, really good price and 130Ks. Um, a guy that you, once you've got him, you can keep him for your whole season. Colin Munro, everyone saw the century in 154 supercoach points in round two. And on his days, he's one of the best batters in the world. Does have a low floor and can get out cheaply. But when he's in form, he tends to string together a few matches in a row. Um, just keep in mind, though, that, that during that century, he was dropped in his 20s and did look pretty ordinary early on. In, in similar conditions, I'd say it's in his showground to Marvel Stadium. Um, so he could go big, but he could also have a couple of shockers. Um, expect him to still be opening the batting with Josh Inglis. Now onto the bowlers. Um, Andrew Ty the form death bowler of the competition for sure, um, already scores of 57 and 90 in the first two rounds and um, started at a very affordable 135K um, and enters round three as currently before he's playing tonight at 149K with a cheap uh, break-even. So he will cost a pretty penny, um, but he is a real banker, um, a, a guy who just does it year in, year out and has the role um, good team, defending big totals due to the batting quality. Um, he's another guy that once you've got him in your team, if you do go that way, you can keep him for pretty much the whole season. Um, next guy, Jason Berendorf. Doesn't really bowl death, but he's a great swing bowler um, and scores so far of 39-76 in the first two rounds. So he's around the 140K mark. A decent option, not as sexy as, say, an Andrew Tyre, but a, but a good guy to have in your team. Now, the next guy is a new English quick, and we'll get the first look at him tonight uh, in their Scorchers matchup, um, Tamal Mills. Now, Mills, you would remember from playing for the Hobart Hurricanes a couple of years ago, came across with a huge reputation for bowling really quick, uh, and actually was pretty poor while he was playing down under, and um, basically left the big bash and um, had several injuries and a couple of really, really poor years over in England. But he strung it together recently, in the last 12 months, so much so that um, his injury in the uh, T20 World Cup where he was playing for England um, is largely credited for their semi-final exit. He's the death bowler for England, um, arguably the best white ball team in the world. So you think that he's most likely to come in and bowl death for Perth and he's only going to cost you $125,000. Most people who don't follow international cricket uh, as closely won't go near him based on what he delivered while he was in Hobart. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be uh, the most traded-in guy, but could be a really sneaky pot option um, and definitely a player that I'm weighing up, um, particularly at a discounted price compared to Andrew Tyer, who will also bowl death. Um, And the final guy I wanted to talk to who I think is a good option um, is Ashton Agar. Compelling price, um, but what you've got to know about him is that he's at that price for a reason. Um, Ashton has never quite strung it together in the big bash as well as he has in international cricket. Um, but the DPP gives you flexibility. He's already in 28% of sides ahead of the buy. He's really popular just because of that price. Um, and he does have two games at a ground which does favour spin. So um, pretty astute selection and Ashtar, Ashton Agar and, and definitely a guy that you can throw in your team. So many other names at the Scorchers worth talking about, and I'll fly through these as well. Peter Hatziglou, the leg spinner, formerly of the Melbourne Renegades. Um, he may not even be in the side. It sounds like he's going to be battling for the final position in the bowling lineup with Matt Kelly just given that Tamal Mills will likely come in and take that death bowling role for Kelly. Um, Having said that, we would expect spin-friendly conditions in Marvel Stadium, so they may find a way to fit him into the 11, and if they do, he won't be that popular um, because of... Uh, his price, he, He's not cheap, um, but he could be a really, really sneaky option um, against those sides. Both of them feature a lot of left-handers as well. So he's wronging, and just his ability to take the ball across left handers it could could be really, really good for him. Um, Curtis Patterson didn't look like he was going to be in the Scorchers' best eleven to start the season, but started fantastically in round one um, with a fifty off only thirty odd balls. So um, may have just done enough to keep his spot in the side. Again, cheap price, um, decent be, and Again, could just be a pod selection, but just keep in mind that his job security is not great. He's essentially battling Aaron Hardy and Cameron Bancroft for the final spot in the 11. Matt Kelly, um, I loved him all pre-season, really wanted him until the announcement of that. Tamal Mills signing came through just before the start of the first round. Um, But geez, he delivered in that first round with the highest score of any player who wasn't on a double game week. Four wickets, didn't concede many runs um, and looked back to his best. Uh, Unfortunately for him... um, Berendorf, Ty, Mills, um, Agar, they're all guys that you have to fit in your bowling lineup. So he's probably now trying to hold on to that final spot. He's already made cash for owners, um, but just beware there might be questions over job security for Matt Kelly, so just keep an eye on him before you bring him in. Um, Aaron Hardy, again, appealing a uh, relatively cheap all-rounder, could fire but doesn't have fantastic role batting at six and only being required to bowl in case of emergency. So could even be rotated out of the team if they do decide to keep Curtis Patterson in, Um, so I would avoid him Uh, and Ashton Turner a guy who I called a trap in pre-season and I stand by that as well he's always attempting price given he's got a big name and a big reputation and on his day he's absolutely a match winner but the amount of times that he's actually required to do that in the big bash particularly with the depth of batters above him when he's only coming in at five uh, it's not very frequently he's he's Almost as likely to face less than 15 balls um, as he is to score 20 runs. He, he just doesn't have the opportunities. Um, may roll the arm over, particularly with the spin-friendly conditions with the two games at Marvel. Um, but just beware, he, he, he would be a pod pick. Um, he would be a flyer, but um, couldn't recommend him. So that's my recommendations for the Perth Scorchers for their double game week, two games versus Hobart and the Melbourne Renegades. And the best thing is that they don't have the bye straight afterwards. So you can load up and keep these guys in your starting team um, from here on in, especially looking ahead to the single game week next week in round five. Quick preview of my trades for round four. Now, I've had a decent start to the season. It was 152nd after the first round, mostly thanks to a um, couple of things falling my way. Um, avoided Chris Lynn and uh, brought had Moses Enriquez instead, which was about a 178-point swing. Um, managed to loop Hayden Kerr, who I brought in last minute for Ben Menenti, um, and also had Xavier Bartlett as well, who... Uh, batted fantastically, um, quite unexpectedly as well, uh, and really helped me get off to a good start. Um, my round two trades, I brought in Zahir Khan, um, uh, Rashid Khan and Matt Short. Um, and only Matt Short and Zahir are still in my team. Um, and the three trades I'm looking in, I went very heavy with the stars. I brought in three stars um, for their double game week in round three. And I think that three of them will probably have to go for the buy just so I can bring in as many Perth Scorchers as possible. The Perth Scorchers that I'm really interested in would be Mitch Marsh, Josh Inglis, and Tamal Mills. Now, I do need a bit of help in my Batting. Uh, at the moment, I'm having to play Matt Jilks and Dan Hughes most weeks, which isn't good. Um, I've only got uh, like the likes of Will Sutherland um, and, and Matt Short as well on my bench. So I'm really interested in the flexibility that Mitch Marsh can give me as an all-rounder. I think Josh Inglis is a fantastic option as well um, that I can keep in the team for most of the season ahead. Um, and Tamal Mills as well. Now, I was really keen to get Andrew Ty at the start of round two. I couldn't afford him by about 6K. Uh, and I was lucky enough to bring in Zaheer Khan for the Melbourne Renegades, who has gone on to take two wickets uh, in, in both of the rounds that I've had him. Um, scores of 48 and 66. So very happy with that. He's also um, made me almost 50 grand as well. Um, and, and a guy that I'm really happy to hold in my team, given that he's at Marvel Stadium. Um, Ty will be the the premium bowler to bring in the most expensive um, of the Scorchers. But for me, I think I'm going to try the pod route and get to Marl Mills. Um, Fantastic body of work in the uh, English domestic um, season. Fantastic body of work during the T20 World Cup. Um, And even just now in the T10 tournament, um, he's bowled well, had a decent economy rate and a good strike rate as well. Um, Just picks up wickets, and I think that um, a lot of people will overlook him just given uh, how poor he was at Hobart Hurricanes a couple of years ago. But I'm really looking forward to fitting him into my side. Um, The people I'll be trading out, my three stars, are Russell, Maxwell, Stoinis, and Zampa. Um, And pending break-evens, I'll be uh, most likely to trade out uh, Adam Zampa, who I don't think that um, his role at the moment is as good as it has been in previous years. I would expect it to get better, however, um, once uh, Andre Russell is replaced by um, Harris-Ralph. Uh, I think Ralph will come in and bowl that second um, quick bowler behind NCN and bowl the death overs that are at um, Zampa's bowling at the moment. So um, I just don't like him until that happens, which is probably after Christmas. Um, and between probably Stoinis, uh Russell and Maxwell – I am um, just decide who I would like to keep around, particularly for the um, single game week in um, in round five. Most likely, I will get rid of Russell. Um, he was really impressive the other night, but I'm conscious that he's not here for the full season, whereas Stoinis and Maxwell arguably well. Um, and then it's probably just a the matter of who I would like to keep most between Maxwell and Stoinis, and it's probably going to be Glenn Maxwell, just given um, the all-rounder uh, ability and, and the fact that he'll bowl uh, as well as bat. So they'll be my trades most likely, getting rid of Andre Russell, Stoinis and Zampa uh, and bringing in Marsh, Inglis and Tamal Mills. So good luck, guys.
4: Thanks for that, Maxi. Maxi's over at the Adelaide Test. I'll be joining there in a couple of days' time, hence why we get to the podcast a little bit earlier this week. Uh, fellas, let's move on to our trades and skippers for the round. Tomo, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, so trades for the upcoming round, it'll either be three scorches or two scorches and an absolute stud who's just getting out of price range for two stars. And hopefully, fingers crossed, if finances allow something someone off my bench that's no longer doing anything great, it may have to be three stars, but I'd love to keep Maxi and trade out maybe Stornis and Zampa, but we'll just have to wait and see after the round couch i'm going to keep on my bench because that break even and that job security is looking pretty tasty uh depending on who i pull the trigger on in round three marsh i want in um Inglis and munra i might want to have in but someone like berendorf or another scorchers bowler as well so i've got lots of questions i've got lots of thoughts i'll have to wait and see who i pull the trigger on in the end Mate, that's – before we get into the
4: Spires trades, a bloke I forgot to mention and shouldn't have because I absolutely love him, Jason Berendorf. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal cricketer. Injuries have played his career. We've seen him play at the top level for Australia. Uh, Mate, a guy – he was a pod that I was looking at um, for next round for the double game week. He's a guy who I think could be a huge chance at a rotation and being sat in one of those games. Uh, I'm a bit worried on going on him. What do you reckon?
3: Yeah, look, I'm worried too, but – Look, I think he's going to score points. So if he plays both games, I reckon he's a handy selection. Um, but, yeah, there is the chance of a rest considering the depth the Scorchers have at their disposal.
4: Would you be happy? We don't um, – it's not really – he can do it, but it's not really Berendorf's role to bowl at the death. We know he swings the ball early. They're happy to use him a little bit early in the innings at times. Would you be happy to go him over a death bowler like AJ Ty or what do you reckon?
3: Oh, I think you ideally want both. Yeah. Berendorf is more an opening at the start of the innings, but he is bowling more at the death. And I think the last couple of games he's bowled one over after probably over sixteen or seventeen. So they actually are giving him some overs at the end too. So yeah. that versatility is pretty good. He's not like a specialist death bowler, but they're certainly more comfortable giving him overs at the end compared to earlier on in his career. And who is your likely skipper for round four? Uh, I think if Mitch Marsh is going to do some batting and bowling, it's going to be him. I do, however, have bad memories of captaining him in a round last year and he went off after about three balls, but that might be a bit Ooh. of retribution. And if the Scorchers happen to be batting first on their double game week, i just like putting it on an opening batsman in a double game rig. I've personally had a bit of success um, over the years doing a manoeuvre like that. So Inglis or Munro, depending who was in my side and if the Scorchers are batting first, I don't mind that as a little play.
4: Nice, mate. Spy, round four, trades and skippers.
0: Uh, Yes, I'll bring in definitely two Scorchers. I'll already have Munro in the side. Then I'll bring in Mitchie Marsh, uh, assuming his role is what we expect tonight in tonight's game. I think Josh Inglis, I'm convinced on. Uh, he excites me. He's, he's batting up the top of the order there and keeping. I like it a lot. And then I've just got to make a decision on whether i bring in one more scorcher. Again, that will be role dependent for the bowlers and just depending who else I want to get rid of from the stars and what cash I've got left over because the other option is just to bring in Alex Hales that one week early, which could well be on the card. So I'll make a decision closer to the round on that one. Uh, in terms of skippers, I'm sort of thinking vice-captain on Munro. I like what uh, we were saying there just before. Having an opening batsman who has the double in form could go ballistic. Uh, it is a little bit nerve-wracking because they only bat, but yeah, him or Mitchie Marsh. If Mitchie bowls and bats up the top of the order there in the top three or four, I'd throw it on Mitchy in that case uh, on the VC. And Then assuming they go off, I'll then just loop. Uh, which would be the Melbourne Stars bike on my bench who has the buy, so I know I can do it. Uh, and if they happen to go duck, so I put it on Munro and he gets a duck, I'd probably throw my skipper over to a Darcy Short or a Daniel Sims or one of those bikes, but hopefully it doesn't get to that.
4: Lovely, mate. My round four plays. Munro will be, likely be in barring. No, actually, I think he'll be into my team regardless. Ty... Um, some rotation risk, but i have to get him into my side as well. And then it's just a massive watch on the third trade. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But Agar at the price, roll pending, is pretty hard to ignore knowing that you've got to get someone a little bit cheaper in that dual bat bowling. He's also so underrated as well. Massive watch on Timel Mills. If he comes in, bowls well, bowls at the death, uh, I'd be pretty tempted to get him also. Zampa, I think we'll have to go out, pending a game, what he does in his second game, the double. I really would like to hold him, but... I don't want to get rid of Stoyness. I don't really want to get rid of Maxi or um, or the or big Dr. Dre. So probably Zampa gone. Kerr unless he goes big uh, in his, the Sixers game. And then I think to fund all this, there's a gun going to have to go somewhere. So um, a few things to work out there. Skipper, I'm with you, boys. Mitchy Marsh, if he's bowling, definitely. But again, that'll be Scorch's lineup dependent. The Spy will have more on that later in the week. Uh, and we'll find out a little bit more. I don't, I'm don't. i a little bit sceptical as to whether he will bowl or not, um, but otherwise I quite like AJ Ty for that role as well, bowling at the death. Boys, let's jump into a couple of questions before we wrap it up for this week. First question from Murray Wood. He says, how would you prepare for rounds five and seven as they are non-double game week? Would you trade in players for the upcoming double game week or try to fill uh, being round six, he means there, or do you try to fill your team out with players from a range of clubs, um, you know, that's possibly looking at more guns on the single game weeks. Tomo, how are you approaching it?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I think you've got to do, I'm going to sit in the fence and say a bit of column A and a bit of column B here. I think two teams, the Hurricanes and the Heat on the double is the interesting bit. If it was one team on the double and it's a team that is maybe not as doing as well compared to others, mm-hmm. you might see more people looking at the long-term strategy and setting up their side. But I think with those two teams and the double, you want to have a little bit more of a focus on a double game week. I can't really say for that round six a magic number, but both Hobart and Brisbane will have three to four players that could potentially have big scores over that round. So they're going to come under consideration. I think the interesting bit there is having two teams on the double compared to that one team on the double. Yeah, and then as as Murray
4: said, round seven, there's no one on the buy there anyway, so you can go a little bit harder on those players and you'll have a couple of rounds before there's another buy team, which is the Hurricanes, um, to sort that out. So plenty of six trades effectively. Spy, how are you approaching it?
0: Yeah, look, given it is a double game week for two teams in round six, I think you want to prepare for that or you'll get caught short potentially. Um, that probably makes me think I want to get Hales in this week so then I can go... Hobart, Hobart, Brisbane, or something like that. And then you basically have six trades over two rounds to get double game week players from those sides. So I don't mind filling out your side with one or two other squad players if if you've already got Hobart and Brisbane guys, but it's all team-dependent, isn't it? So maybe if you think as a basic rule you want maybe six double game week players for round six across two sides at a minimum then you can probably work work backwards off that and see what you need to do. But you might chase more than that. I really think it's team-dependent. Hard to answer. Uh, but for me, I'll be looking at getting in Brisbane and Hobart guys unless there's just someone sitting there who's just a must-have.
4: Yeah. Next question from Sam Jones. He says, apart from A. Finch, who there's been very little word around uh, Aaron Finch and when he's due back. We thought he was going to be back maybe the last couple of rounds, even this week. But still nothing from Finchy. so... I don't know if there's a bit of ducks and drakes being played by the gage there, but he says, are there any other good cheapies for a trade down in the next one to two rounds? A little bit tough. Again, it's so difficult with the Supercoach big bash podcast with rounds finishing so quickly and trying to get the podcast out a couple of days before the next round in order to give uh, you lot, you guys uh, an opportunity to listen to it. But we might get the spy to touch on a few cheapies in his subscriber special potty. When we see a few break evens emerge and a few different things once the rounds finished. But A couple that I've come up with, just had a quick look through it, is Liam Guthrie, who, mate, absolutely on fire for the Heat. I think he had one for 10 in that last game. For him, bowled the 19th over and took one for two off or something absurd. He may not quite be in cheap range. He should still be sub 100 when lockout ends. Uh, And the Heat do have the double in round six. Uh, Again, there's a few issues there in Steckity coming back into the side from Australia. A a few different uh, team changes. But Guthrie's a guy to keep an eye on because he's a weapon. Matty Renshaw should be back for the striker soon. He'll be at 67K. Sammy Whiteman hasn't impressed yet, but he's 58K as a result. Ollie Davies, I believe, played great cricket on the weekend in Sydney. I don't know if he got many, but he's due back for the Thunder very soon. And Dan Hughes, who a lot of people still have in their team, 49K. So, again, we got get the spider touch on it later in the week, but that's what we've got for now. Um, boys, the last question that I was going to jump to is around the stars, and I think we've covered them pretty bloody well. So we'll wrap it up there. Spy, thank you very much, mate.
0: Cheers, boys. man, re- real good again, fellas.
3: Cheers, Tom, mate. Thank you, boys. And my last question for you whilst <laughs> I get my last trade ready. Yeah. So we've pushed Wade for my last trade. Would we go Wade or Munro before the game tonight?
0: <sighs> What's that, break, Evans? we you probably have him dead in front of you at the moment.
4: Munro's um... about neg 13, but he's got a three rolling out of his first game, uh, out of his average. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Uh, I'd go Munro. I, th- I think it's a. You probably go Munro because you know he's got the double. Maybe that's the breaker.
3: I think Munro's the right. smart play. Settled. I'll lock that trade in. And uh, Matt, Kelly, Matt Kelly. Matt might, Kelly might. Matt
0: Kelly might knock off uh, Maddie Wade tonight early. So we'll see. Another <laughs> <night>. Sounds
3: <laughs> ideal. All
4: right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?